Thank you for joining us. You are listening to a ministry of Crossview Church with Pastor Kevin Hardcastle. Lots of different ways to be the heat in summer. Uh, this is all about summer, all about experiencing the joyness, the fullness of God. And I've been telling you that the reason why we don't always enjoy the fullness of God is because we don't understand what God has said to us about his promises. 8,000 or so promises are found in God's word. 8,000, think about that. 8,000 promises that God has made from him to his children that if they would do certain things, then, they, then he would promise that he would do certain things as well. And I've been saying it's like a divine insurance plan. We can guarantee he will pay. He will come through. He will do his part every single time. Three facts about these promises. Number one, you're to build your life on them. Scripturally, you're to build your life on the promises of God. Secondly, there are two kinds of promises, conditional and unconditional. We're talking in this series, particularly, we're talking about conditional promises. We're talking about if you do this, then God will do that. That when you step up and when you do this, God always comes through and does something miraculous for you. The third thing, so it's to build our life on, is uh, two kinds, conditional and unconditional. Third thing is this. He does these promises to teach us to trust him. Through the good times, through the bad times, through the high times, through the low times, God gives us these promises to hold on to him when we go through different times. We trust him. And the second reason is to make us more like him. We were created to be like Jesus. And so therefore, these promises help us to fulfill that amazing truth in our lives. But many of us never get to really enjoy the fullness of God because we do not know what God says. So the first week I talked about God's promise of generosity. And I said this, you cannot outgive God. You can never outgive God. God will always one-up you on giving and generosity. And I said, we have to live our lives with open-handed living, not closed fist. Open-handed says, freely I receive, freely I give. God, you bless me, and I bless others. Clenched fist life is all about me. Hold on to what I have, keep what I have, because if I lose it, I'll never get it back. And that's not the what God says. God says, generosity flows in all of our lives. So that was week number one. Number two, I talked about God's promise of heaven, that there is this eternal reward that God has promised to us that if we believe upon Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, if we confess our sins, if we ask him to save us from our sins and believe that he's coming back again, we then will be saved. And not only that, but we will have this amazing eternal reward known as heaven. Last week, we talked about how God guides us through life, how he is always faithful to true to be there. He does it through his word. He does it through his spirit. He does it through our circumstance. And he also does it through God's amazing people that he, that he brings around us. Today, I want to talk with you about God's promise about your future. Turn to your neighbor and say future. God has amazing and very powerful promises for you and for me when it comes to our future and where we're going for the rest of our life. The past is gone. What you did last year does not matter. If it was good or bad, 
you can only make different changes to direct your future where you go. What you did this morning is gone. It's all about what you do from this point on that matters when it comes to God. And it's interesting that so many of us never really consult God about our future. We make our plans. We set them in stone. We say, this is what I'm going to do. This is what I'm going to be. This is where I'm going to live. This is what... We never really consult God. And God yet, God has these amazing promises for each and every one of us that if we ask him and if we trust him, he will provide clear direction about our future. He knows exactly where to go. He understands who you are. He understands how you're made. He understands what makes you tick, what makes you work, what makes you flow. And therefore, he's going to help navigate you into the future he has destined for you. Here's four things I want to give you, four things. You have these in your notes, or they may be filled in, I don't know. But here's four facts about the future that you have in God. First off, God knows everything that will happen, first and foremost. God already knows everything that will happen. Nothing catches him off guard. Nothing catches him by surprise. It may take our breath away, but it does not take God's breath away. God knows everything that will happen. Second thing is God's plan for your future is good. He has plans of good things for your future, not of harm and destruction, plans to prosper you, plans to give you hope and a future. Third thing is this. We must choose to trust God and obey him as we go through the decisions we make in our future. And the last thing is, God will be with you every step of the way as long as you continue to trust and obey him. He's not with you on the journey that you choose to go on your own. He's with you on the journey that you trust and obey him as you navigate the challenges of life. So here are the things I want to share with you today about your future. Three truths are three promises that he says he will do for you and your future. Write these down in your notes. If you have your notes, write them down. Here's what it says. Number one, God promises to guide you when you're confused. God promises to guide us when we're confused about our future. None of us know what the next hour holds for our life. None of us know what tomorrow or next week or three years from now holds for us. All of us want to be happy, healthy, and living free. All of us want to enjoy this fullness that God has for us in our life. But the fact is, not one of us is promised another moment. We're promised now. That's why it's called a present it's a gift given to us for now. Every day we wake up, we should be thankful for that gift. We don't know what will happen with our jobs. We don't know what will happen if we need to move or if we have to uh, go to this place. We don't, know, uh, we don't know what we're supposed to do about a car or buying a house, uh, if we should marry or stay single, or if we should break up. We don't really know all those decisions, but God promises to guide us through the confusion parts of our lives. Decisions we are making every single day should be consulted with God. We should be asking God for direction in our confusion. When we are confused, when we cannot see, we should be asking God to help us. But what do we do? What do we do as human beings? We don't turn to God typically first. 
No, we turn to people. We turn to friends. We turn to family. We discuss things out loud, and that's healthy to an extent, uh, but that's not the one-trick pony. If you're making your life decisions based on your family or your friends, you're going to find yourself sometimes in a very confusing place because they can't speak for you. So some people turn to friends and family. Other people turn to surfing the internet. And they Google and they're using uh, this big, uh, big word out now, AI, artificial intelligence. They're asking a computer what to do about their future. And he'll spit out a great answer to you. It'll tell you something you're supposed to do. Doesn't make it right. Here's probably the biggest one. We search for direction about our future when we're confused through social media. We use social media as a confirmation for direction that God gives us. Now, can God use social media? Yeah, God can use pretty much anything he wants to use. I'm not going to limit God on what he can use. But it's amazing to me how some people use social media. They'll be scrolling through and they'll be praying about something, thinking about something, and they see something pop up, a scripture from somebody, and go, that's for me. Now, listen, I'm not telling you that that isn't for you, but I'm telling you, you better not let that be your only source of direction to help you through confusion. If it doesn't line up with his word, if it doesn't line up with his spirit, if it doesn't testify about the circumstance of your life, make sure that you're not being deceived to go a direction you're not supposed to. So this is the challenge that we face. Here's what Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, one of my, um, one of my core verses that I learned early on, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. This verse says, trust in the Lord with all your heart, never rely on what you think you know. Remember the Lord, remember the Lord in everything you do, and he will show you the right way. So when we're confused about decisions that we have to make, we must trust God and in our confusion, go to him and ask him for direction. Why? Why do we trust God? Because he cares for you. He loves you. He really loves you. He cares about everything that you do in life. He sees all the struggles you face. He understands the mental battle you face. He understands the physical battle that comes against you. God knows you and you can trust him because he knows the most intimate part of your life. He gave his son to die upon the cross for you. He cares for you so much that he gave his only son for each and every single one of us. So when you're going through life, make sure that when you're confused, you're asking God for direction. You're asking God to guide you. You're asking God about your future and not your friends, not your family. Ask them, but they're not the deciding factor. Sure, search Search social media, search those things, but don't let them be the defining moment. Only God can walk you through that process. It's kind of like this. And younger people, you won't correlate with this, this particular illustration, but you'll know what I'm talking about. It's the difference between a map and a GPS. So a map that we used growing up that my brother and my dad fought about all the time because my brother had to be right. My dad had to be right. They knew which way to go. But my brother, honestly, my brother, he was really good with the map, and I, he just could figure out things. But 
I wasn't so great with it. I mean, I looked at it, and it was just a bunch of lines going different directions and had north and south on the page. I'm like, I don't even know what that, what's in S. I don't know. Not, I, I don't know. Uh, I, I just couldn't get it. And so um, map, though, you would, you would sit down, and you would use a map, and you would figure out the route to go to get to your destination. Thank God for GPS. But let's just say something. If it ever gets gone, we're in trouble. We're going to be lost. We won't know how to get to Walmart. I mean, it'll be bad. We'll know how to get to McDonald's, though. Trust me. That'll never, that'll never happen. Uh, but GPS, you put your coordinates in, and what does it do? It tells you where to go. Map, you have to figure it out. GPS tells you exactly where to turn, when to turn. If you get off, it gives you rerouting, takes you a different way. This is the difference between us trying to figure out life using a map or us allowing the GPS, God's direction, take us through life. God helps us when we're confused. Number two, second thing that God does, not only does God promise to help us when we're confused about our direction, but number two, God promises to support us when we're in trouble. When we get into hard spots, when we have detours, when we get into hard places, God directs us and helps us and supports us in trouble. How many guys, by a show of hands, would just admit we live in a broken world? Anybody know we live in a broken world? Yeah, we all, we all know it. We all not only do we know it, we feel it. We feel the effects of a broken world all around us. Broken relations, broken lives, broken economies, broken, broken, broken. But here's what Jesus said. Here's what he said. John 16, 33. He says, I have told you these things, and that these things was about the end times and what was going on. And he said, I told you these things so that in me, in me, say that with me, in me, in Jesus, you may have peace. In this world, Jesus says, you will have trouble, but take heart, I've overcome it. Jesus was not pulling any punches. He wasn't saying, because you come and you, you give your life to me and you follow me. He didn't say that all of a sudden things are going to be perfect and everything's going to fall into place. He says, no, no, in this world, you will have troubles, but take heart. I've overcome the world, and because I've overcome the world, you too will overcome the world. What kind of brokenness, what kind of trouble do we have in this world? We have relational trouble, financial trouble, physical trouble, mental trouble, cultural trouble, uh, political trouble, uh, catastrophic trouble, troubles, troubles, troubles all around us. Some people think that it should be heaven on earth. Some people think that, you know, this place has got to be perfect. But the fact is, we live in a broken world. It was broken from the fall of Adam and Eve. From that time on, lives were broken, futures were broken, everything broken. Broken weather, broken economy, broken bodies, broken relationships, everywhere, brokenness. So because we have a broken world and a broken place and we are broken people, we have to trust that God will help us in our trouble. Bad things happen. Bad things happen. Praying for the family of Century Lee that just had the loss of the, of the girl yesterday in a traffic accident. 
that many of our families here are impacted and touched by. We need to pray for them, pray for the family, and pray for their future. What a devastation. Bad, broken things happen. And it's easy whenever we have things like this happen to try to make it cliche and try to come up with some platitude on how to make it better. But the fact is, all we can do is point them to the one who heals brokenness. Amen? It's all we can do whenever a mother loses a child is tell them we're praying for you. And the God of all comfort, Scripture says, the God of all comfort comes to our broken places and helps us in our time of trouble. Here's what Isaiah 43, verse 2 through 3 says. It says, when you go through deep waters and great trouble, I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. What will happen? We will what? Not drown. We may feel the effects. We may feel the fear. We may feel the the consuming anxiety that comes around us, but we have to take heart to know we will not drown. It will not take us down. Why? Because this, when you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned. Why? For I am the Lord, your God. I am your God, and I will walk with you through the most painful troubles of your life. Philippians 4.13, uh, I have strength for all things in Christ who empowers me. I am ready for anything and equal to anything through him who infuses inner strength into me. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Not I can do all things through social media who backs me up. I can do all things through my parents standing behind me. No, no, no. I can do all things through Christ and Christ alone. He's the one that helps us in our trouble. He's the one that gives us the, the, the strength we need to walk through the hardest, most devastating time. The strength I need will come just when I need it. Not before and not too late. The strength you need to go through the troubles of your life doesn't come pre. It is during. It's in the middle. It's in the middle of the waters. It's in the middle of the fire. That's where he meets you. That's where he comes. That's why he said these words when he taught us how to pray. He said, give us this day our daily bread. He didn't say, give us this month our daily bread. He didn't say, give us this year our daily bread. He said, give us today what we need for this times we're going through, because when I'm troubled, he's there and he promises to walk with my trouble, walk through my trouble with me. He promised me that when I'm confused, he will guide me. And number three, God promises me. God promises to reward my service and generosity as I continue to trust him with my future. When Jesus died upon the cross, when he gave his life, when he gave everything he had, his goal, his intention, everything he did was to make us like him. To make us become more like him, to think like him, to have compassion like Jesus, to hurt like Jesus, to feel like Jesus. But question is, what is Jesus like? 
Who is Jesus? What is the one thing that Jesus has that we struggle with as human beings? And here it is right here. You don't have these notes. Write this down. It is this. Jesus was unselfish. He was selfless. He laid it all down, considered others greater than him. He did not count himself equal to God, but laid down his life as a sacrifice for us. It's like a baby. When you get a baby and a little helpless little child, little baby, they depend on you for everything. They need you to feed them. They need you to change them. They need you to uh, take care of them, cuddle them, love on them, give them attention. They depend on us for everything. Selfish little boogers. So selfish, right? How selfish of them. Why can't they just come out and just do it? Because they're infants. They don't know. They're learning. As they grow, the goal as parents is for us to allow them to become more independent and become less selfish, Mm-hmm. That's the goal. Right? To, to help them stand on their own and become their own people and help them learn how to give back and to become productive members of society, not leeches. Come on. That's our goal. That's our goal as parents, is to help them. It's, it's why, and this is not in my notes, but this is why drug abuse is so so bad, so, so uh, I would say devastating is because it only teaches a user how to use everyone and everything. It's, there's nothing they can do but use everyone and everything around them. But as a child, we think as a child, we act like a child, like Paul said. But as we grow, we leave the childish things behind and we become more like Jesus. That's the goal. The goal is that we leave the selfish things and we become more selfless in our walk. Matthew, I'm sorry, Mark 10, 45, it says, Jesus said, I did not come to this world. I did not come to be served. But what does he say? He says, I didn't come to live for myself. I came to what? Serve and to give. I come to serve and give my life for many. When we're going into our future... There are two verbs I want you to remember as you move into your future. Give and serve. Serve and give. Change them around however you want. But we as Christ followers, we are called as we move into our future to serve and to give. And when we serve and we give, we become selfless. How do you defeat a selfish, uh, a selfish, stingy, greedy person? How does a person who's selfish and stingy, how do they defeat the greed monster in their life, the envy monster in their life, the hoarding monster, the one that hoards all this stuff? How do you defeat it? You give. You give. You defeat the enemy of greed by giving generously, open-handed and being generous. You give of your time, your talent, and your treasure. You give. You serve. You serve those around you. You consider others better than yourself. I said it already. I'm going to say it again. Philippians, Jesus, who being formed in the very nature of God, did not consider himself equality with God something to be grasped. 
But what he do? He made himself nothing. He took on the very nature of a human, even to the point of suffering the brutality of death. This is the ultimate example of give and serve. Some people say, I don't have time to serve. I don't have enough money to give. And I'm here to tell you that in your future as you move forward, the goal is to move you from selfishness to selflessness. I love the people at Crossview, all of you who serve here at this place, this community, those of you who have served over the years, words can never express. Crossview has been uh, a shining example of selflessness. Whenever we have gone through challenges, whenever we have faced circumstances, I have watched so many of you step up and rally and say, what can we do? How can we serve? I've watched you step up and say, uh, when we talk about give, generosity, talk about backpacks, uh, $25 for a kid in another country you'll never meet. You may never, you'll never see this side of heaven, what this is going to make and the impact this little bag is going to make for $25. But yet we've been talking about this all for just about two months. It's all we've been doing. And in two months, you guys, Crossview, you guys, have so generously given 100 backpacks. Give yourselves a round of applause for that. <laughs> little by little, little by little, just a little bit at a time, generosity, giving. Some of you, some of you are giving on a, a weekly basis. Some of you are giving uh, one big chunk at a time. I don't really care how you give. Just be generous and give. Not because, not because I, I'm not a big person of like uh, taking up special offerings and things like that. I do it very sporadically. I'm very picky about what that looks like because I don't ever want to sound like we're just asking for money to ask for money. We ask for money for purpose. We ask you to step up because I know you can't outgive God. I know that some of our young people, I'm watching uh, our young people, our Chi Alpha, our college students, and even our high school students, I'm watching them start to trust God, serving in so many different areas. I love all the young people that are serving here across you, that are serving on Sunday, one Sunday at a time, or serving on Wednesday nights. They're serving. But not only that, but they're also giving, generously giving. They're, they're tithing, but they're also saying, I want to sit in a backpack. I want to do a backpack. I want to make a difference in a kid's life. Why? Because that's selfless. How much? That's like two coffees, 25 bucks. It's nothing. It's going without a meal here or a meal there. It's, it, that's all it is, but it makes, it makes a measurable difference in the life of a child in the poorest community of Panama who doesn't even know if they're going to eat the only guarantee they have is they will eat when they come to that school because it's a guaranteed meal they have for the day. That makes a life-changing, life-changing life in the kingdom of God. And we won't know this side of heaven. You will not know, those of you who come this week, you serve at Vacation Bible, you will not know this side of heaven, the difference you make whenever you see those kids and their eyes bright up and they light up because you're acting goofy with them and you're making memories with them and you're laughing with them and you're on the floor rolling around with them and they're just like, my parents don't do this. 
my parents aren't this much fun. You say it's because Jesus is the greatest joy in your life. Through our outreaches we do, through our inreaches we do, so many of you, God will bless you. Here's what, here's what Hebrews 6.10 says. God is not unfair. Listen, he will not forget how hard you have worked for him and how you have shown your love for him by helping his people continue to do so. This side of heaven, you may never know the impact you make. And I will tell you this. I've heard stories of people say, you know, when you get to heaven, you know, people come up to you and say, you know, this old, old song, thank you for giving to the Lord. It makes you cry thinking about, you know, someone walking up to you in heaven you don't know. And they say, thank you. Thank you for doing it because you did it. I'm, I'm here because if you did it. I don't know if that's the way it's going to happen. I don't really know. I'm not there. I don't, I'm not looking to go there anytime soon. But I will tell you this. There's no greater joy I have on this earth than serving right here. If this is all there is, yeah. There's no greater joy I have than being generous and, and, and what God gives me financially, that I can do something and see an impact or just say, God, wherever you need it to go, that's what I want to do. There's nothing greater this side of heaven than serving and giving right here, right now. I don't know what heaven's going to be like, but I'm not doing it for heaven's side. I'm doing it because I know that God has said, generously you receive, generously you give. Return to me what's mine. Time, where you invest your time, your talents, the gifts that you've given are the gifts that you've been given by God himself, using them for his glory, your treasures, the resources, finances that you have. Here's what it says. Jesus said this, Luke 16, 9. He says, use your worldly resources to benefit others and make friends for eternity. In this way, your generosity stores up reward that is in heaven. No reward here or no, no service here, no reward in heaven. No generosity here, no generosity in heaven. This is where the rubber meets the road. See, God's promise for your future is that when you need guidance in your confusion, he will be there. God promises you he will be there when you are confused. God says, I will support you whenever you go through trouble, through a family member loss. Thomas has also lost a family this past week. Unexpected. But we believe, and we trust, and we hold on to God. All of us don't know what this year is going to hold. None of us. None of us know what next week holds. Some of you will get that phone call from the doctor. And it will change your future. Others of you, you're going to lose a loved one. And it will rock your world. But I'm here to tell you that when you're confused and when you're in trouble, just know that God of all comfort is walking with you in your present and in your future. He's always with you. Bow your heads to me today. Father God, help us today to trust you, God. Trust and obey you for our future. God, our future uh, can be delicate. Life is delicate. Life is fragile. Huh. Scripture says life is like a vapor. 
a mist. It's here today and gone tomorrow. So God, may we take the moment we have now, the moment we have right now, and as we move into the future, as we move into the places that you are taking us and you are calling us, God, how I pray, how I ask all of us, God, we ask you, guide us. When we're confused, guide us. Help us not to turn to people and social media and those out there. Help us to first and foremost turn to you, God. Ask you for direction about our future. Ask your direction about things that we purchase and places we go and vacations we go on. We ask you, God, to be the God of confusion. God, also, uh, we ask you to, we pray that, God, you would be the God to overcome troubles. Overcome the troubles in our lives. The things that, that hurt us that cut deep, be the God who strengthens us through those troubles of our life. And God, you will reward us as we commit and present our service and our generosity to you, God. You always promise to take us through. So Lord, I pray that you'll help us. I ask you, God, as we move into our future, that we would trust you every step of the way. God, we do pray and we ask right now for those families who have lost loved ones just this week, God, you would truly be the God of all comfort. Be the peace in the middle of the pain. Be the hope when life feels pretty hopeless. So God, right now, would your Holy Spirit just move upon those lives, those families, those extended families, the community at large, God, we pray that, Lord, you would God of all comfort. All these pieces broken and scattered in mercy gathered mended and whole empty handed but not forsaken
your treasure in jars of clay. So take this heart, Lord, I'll be your your heads with me today. Father God, help us today just to take the, 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 this song as kind of like the broken pieces of our past, uh, the broken decisions we've made. But God, you take and you, you renew them, you change them, you make them something beautiful. 
you make ashes into beauty. And God, I just pray the Lord as we continue to trust you for our future, as we continue to trust you and hold on to you when we go through confusing times or troubled times, that God, you will always reassure us that you are right there with us. As you promised you would be, you will always be with us through the confusion, through the trouble, through the circumstance, you're always there. So God, as we trust you for our future, go with us right now and keep us in your hand. You are truly a loving, kind God who takes us through the troubles of our lives. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. God bless you guys. Have a great day. Please be praying for Vacation Bible this week. We'll see you next Sunday. You've been listening to a ministry of Crossview Church in Keokuk, Iowa with Pastor Kevin Hardcastle. For more information about service times and activities, visit our website, crossviewkeokuk.com.